everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David. Again, thanks for joining me. Well, today I want to talk about something a little different. I want to talk about angels. Have you ever had an experience with an angel? I've met very few people who say they have, although I have read stories and I have known people that have suspicioned that possibly an angel was involved in their life in some way. And that's interesting, isn't it? And so I want to talk about that today only because it just kind of came to my mind and into my heart. Because over the years, I have been in situations, I've written stories. There are times I've wondered if a person that I met may have been an angel. And I'll talk about that here in just a moment, why that may be true. Or, but I've heard people often say that when Christians die, they go on to become angels. And they make that statement that heaven has gained another angel. And of course, as a Bible teacher and a person who's dedicated a lot of years of my life to teaching and believing the Bible and helping people understand it, it gets in my craw and bothers me a little bit because clearly, as I share with you today, that is not the case. So who are angels? What are angels called to do? And do they exist? Are angels just a figurative concept, just an idea of an angel doing something? Or are angels real? Well, I'm not going to get into a deep Bible study here today because obviously this would take an incredible amount of time and we could really open up a series. But I want to just point out what we do know from what the Bible tells us. So number one, as I've already said, we do not turn into angels. We as human beings are eternal beings. We do not pre-exist. So in other words, we did not exist before we were born like Jesus. Jesus existed. He pre-existed and then came as the only begotten son. He came to the earth. Scripture makes it clear he's the only one who was in heaven, came to earth, and then went back to heaven. But we don't turn into angels after we die. We have a created beginning as beings. And matter of fact, death is only a physical death. We are eternal beings and we will exist forever. Now, the question is, where will we exist? And of course, that's a bigger topic, isn't it? And Jesus taught on this. He's the one who made it very clear and plain that we are eternal beings and we're going to exist either with God or without God. But we do not turn into angels. And so now let's talk about what are angels? Angels are created beings that serve God and his people. Now, we don't know when they were created. We don't know how they were created. We just know that they exist and that they were created by God for a particular purpose. And we'll get into that side of it. But they're not human, but they are created by God to serve a different purpose. Are they eternal beings? Yes. As far as we know, since their creation, they will exist forever like human beings, but they are of a different quality or uh, even material. We don't even know much about them other than the fact that they are beings that we cannot see with our natural eyes. So another thing we know about angels is that a third of them fell, as we can read in the Old Testament, Elijah and other places. Actually, I can read about it in Ezekiel and I believe in Isaiah, that a third of the angels were caught up in the great rebellion of heaven and when Satan was cast to the earth, so were they. Now, I've written a neat story that perhaps I'll read to you one day here on Take a Knee, or at least a segment of it, to describe how I saw or how I visualized that all taking place. 
But when Satan was cast to the earth, these angels that were deceived by this Lucifer, who was and is an angel himself, he was an angel that had a specific purpose to bring glory to God. And it says that when his wings came up, that music ushered out from under his wings. And so he was this angel that existed in this state in a higher part of order. So we know that there are these different levels, this hierarchy of angelic beings. So we have archangels, and then we have, I don't know, your everyday run-of-the-mill angel. And then there is these special angels that exist in the presence of God that are with him, that stand by his side, bringing glory and reflecting the glory and doing certain things. Apparently, Lucifer was one of those. And of course, his name, meaning light, was a part of his existence. But again, he rose up and pride was found in his heart. He's cast to the earth. He took a third of those angels with him. So Satan is a fallen angel. And the angels that we call demons are also fallen angels. And they have been corrupted to such a degree as that they're no longer recognizable. Kind of reminds me of Lord of the Rings when you've got the orcs that used to be elves. And so it was kind of J.R.R. Tolkien's way of kind of describing fallen angels. So they used to be these long-living elves that were corrupted by evil, by Sauron. And so they now were just evil and corrupted and mutated into evil-looking creatures. Well, we get the indication that that's exactly what takes place with these fallen angels. Now, will any more angels fall? As far as we know, no, and that we don't have to worry about that. Of course, what Jesus did was to kind of set everything back in place, and for eternity, there will be no end to the rule of Jesus Christ on the throne. And so Satan has been defeated. These fallen angels have been defeated, and all things have been made right. So we don't have to worry about that. So what are angels? What is their purpose? Again, I've described that, to bring glory to God and to exist in the presence of God. But also, this is where you're going to want to hear this, and it's what's exciting, is that they are ministering spirits, as it says. In fact, let me read from Hebrews chapter 1. And that writer of Hebrews, just like in the book of Colossians and other places, there was this idea that angels were so connected to mankind that they carried incredible wisdom for man. And if we got to know an angel or had the secret knowledge that they had, that they would elevate us to different levels of spiritual enlightenment and consciousness. And so, of course, the church was seeing this as heresy, which is why the writer of Hebrews and Paul are going to address it and correct what was the wrong impression. So let's read this. Verse 5 of chapter 1, starting there. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I've become your father? In other words, they're not sons. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. The answer to that question is never. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, let all God's angels worship him. So the angels were in subjection to Jesus Christ, so not equal with him. And of course, the writer is doing two things. One, he is correcting the misunderstanding of who angels are, but also elevating Jesus Christ to show him that he's God, to say that even the angels bowed and worshiped him, which thus proving the deity of Christ. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire, makes the created word there, 
But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is the work of God that was announced was going to happen. And so this is going to be done in front of angels, but not to angels. They were never going to be elevated to any status other than ministering spirits. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain and they will wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, showing and proving that the earth is finite and it will wear out, but you will remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels comes back on topic? Did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? In other words, he only said that to Jesus, not to the angels. So they again, they're not God. They have no special status beyond being servants of God and of God's people. And of course, Jesus, the Son of God. And here's verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Notice it says that they are spirits. They are spirits. And so that's why we can't see them. They do not have a physical flesh like human beings. Now, they may have a material, okay? They may have substance, but it's not going to be the same as flesh, our flesh. In fact, this physical flesh we have, Paul tells us, will be resurrected into a different kind of flesh, which is all amazing and so exciting when we think about our eternity. But again, getting back on topic, we're talking about angels, and angels are not human beings, and human beings do not become angels. They have a purpose, and it tells us right here in Scripture that they are ministering spirits. Now, we see evidence of that as he's ministering angels. If we go to the Old Testament, we see the angels ministered to Elijah. Elijah was worn out, and he was dying in the desert, and they woke him up. They kicked him, <laughs> and they said, wake up, Elijah. Here, here's some food, and here's some drink. Drink up and eat because you've got a long journey ahead of you. So we notice that angels are showing up and appearing to various people in the Old Testament to bring forth a message. And then, of course, later Daniel, who is a prophet and a man who's been placed in a very powerful position there in Babylon, and what we see in him is, of course, he is going to have a vision. He's going to be visited by an archangel who is going to come. Michael is going to come to him and tell him, I've been battling. And so this archangel that we see is communicating to him some really interesting information. He's coming to minister, but he's also coming to tell him what's really going on, to give him a divine perspective of what's really going on in the world. But what we find is that again, the angels are coming to communicate. Okay, so I've confirmed it. Yes, it was Michael. I was confused there. I thought it might have been Gabriel. But what we find is these archangels have specific purpose. Now remember, angel means messenger, okay? It means messenger. So they are messengers for God himself, but they are coming to communicate. They're coming to help. So an angel clearly with Daniel was able to pick up food and put it in his hands. An angel is a spirit, but can take on substance enough to be able to do something. Isn't that incredible? And so Elijah has this experience. Daniel has this experience. 
And then, of course, Jesus is going to have this experience, too, as he's out there in the desert and he's battling the satanic attack of the enemy after 40 days of fasting and prayer. Satan comes. And then after the temptation and Jesus wins the battle, it says that the angels come to minister to him and assuming that they're going to bring him food and water and to begin to help him recover from this major spiritual battle. Incredible, isn't it? So we find angels and their work and their ministry is taking place throughout the Bible. And so there are other things that they're to do. We remember also an angel visits Joshua, and Joshua says to him, are you with us or are you for you? I'm not for you or for anyone. I'm here for God alone. We see the absolute allegiance to God as angels. They only do what they're told. They don't have compassion for human beings the way God does. They only come and say, hey, I'm a messenger. I'm telling you what God said. So it's interesting when Joshua challenges him to say, are you for us or against? He said, neither. I'm for God. Pretty amazing. And we got Mary, who is visited by Gabriel. So it's not Michael. He's got a different archangel. And this angel comes to communicate her part in the purpose of God and bringing forth the Son of God. He prophesies. Well, really, he's not prophesying as much as he's just telling her what is going to happen that has already been declared. He's repeating what the Holy Spirit has already declared is going to happen. So Gabriel shows up, he's involved, he takes on a physical appearance, and so he is recognized. That's one of the other things, is that these angels are recognized as having human-like forms. And so they're recognized as being human-like. So we could then assume that angels were also made in the image of God, just like we were, which may actually be the reason why we're so confused in thinking that human beings become angels, because we look alike. Now, Every time an angel shows up, there's fear. So clearly, there is something about their appearance that is frightening, whether it be the brightness of their being, as we're told, that they're bright and they're shining because they are spirits. Maybe sometimes, as in the announcement of the heavenly host, the angels are actually floating in the sky. So there is this ethereal and surreal aspect of their appearance, which would, of course, scare the mess out of you. But then sometimes they appear with feet on the ground, but brightness about their countenance being in the presence of God that would just, again, scare us. Almost in every place when the Holy Spirit does show up, whether it be in a dream or whether it be in actual reality, physically appearing, almost always there is fright. Clearly, I am not just meeting with a person who just says, oh, by the way, I'm an angel. No. When that angel shows up, people are frightened. And so that's pretty amazing. Again, I mentioned Peter. Peter has several experiences with angels. He is let out of prison. He's kicked in the side by an angel who says, wake up, it's time to go. So again, physical material enough to where when he kicks him, he's able to feel his foot. A kick means a foot. So they have feet, right? And then Paul having his experiences, being warned by angels, being communicated by Jesus himself. So we find lots of examples of angels appearing in certain ways so that they give us a little bit more of their attributes to help us understand what angels are. Again, they announce major events. This might be dedicated only to what we would call archangels. And again, an archangel is one who just has authority, perhaps even 
let's just say this and put it on record, that they're warring angels. Now, do all angels war? We could assume that they do, that they're going to always be prepared for battle. But when we think of Michael, he has definitely more of a militant communication or purpose because he says he was fighting the prince of Persia. Now, was he fighting a physical person? Ah, Most people believe no, that Michael was actually fighting a demonic force that was given that title because of its jurisdiction over Persia, that there was a demon of like status and rank that Michael was fighting. And basically enough to delay Michael from being able to get to Daniel to give him his incredible revelation of things to come. So, wow, amazing information for us to know. All of this goes into the data bank and understanding what angels are, who they are, and what they do. So they're going to war against the fallen angels. We call them demons. So there is this battle that is constantly going on. Now, of course, the war has been won. Jesus has defeated them. So we could clearly say the war was probably stronger pre-Jesus than it's going to be. But we also know that as the time of Satan's judgment draws nearer, the battles are going to become stronger. There's going to be more of an evidence of Satan knowing his days are nearing that warfare is going to continue. Now, this is where things change, Christian. Listen to this. So again, in the Old Testament, Angels were battling demonic forces, and God's people were given the ability to war alongside and to be a part of advancing the kingdom of God, but more physically than it would have been spiritually. Now, with Jesus Christ ruling and reigning, we as the church, with the Holy Spirit, have much more authority and power. We have the exosia. We can bind these fallen angels in the name of Jesus. And again, Angels are there to carry out the work with the Holy Spirit to bind these demonic forces. So when we open up our minds to the reality of what's really taking place there, it's quite amazing. So another thing about angels is the Holy Spirit is not an angel. Okay, let's make sure we understand that. The Holy Spirit is not an angel. The Holy Spirit is God. And as a tripart being, we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. All exist, all are one. All are the same in their communicable and non-communicable attributes in the sense of being able to communicate to man. Now, Jesus, of course, is the most unique because he became a man, and so now he exists forever as all human, all man, and all God. But again, getting back to the Holy Spirit is not an angel. Let's make sure we understand that. Angels can appear, as Scripture shows us and tells us, as humans, and interact with humans without them knowing. This is that famous verse that says that we unawares could possibly be entertaining angels. I believe this was Paul. And so if it is possible, then that means it has likely happened. So are there angels that appear among us taking a human form? That again tells us a little bit more about angels in that how they can appear. Once again, confusing us to think that they are human. They're not. They are different, but they can appear. So can they put on human clothes? In other words, they're not wearing the flowing robe of the heavenly garb, and they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and tennis shoes and a ball cap. Can they appear that way? Well, you would have to assume yes, because if we didn't know that they were an angel, then 
it was because they were blending in such a way is that we would not recognize them. At least that's the way I look at it, folks. You know, others may disagree with me. It could be that we are just blinded to the fact that that's an angel in a robe and they're speaking to us. And because a blindness has been put upon us that we don't recognize, that could also be true. But I don't know. I get the impression that angels can appear among us and we don't recognize them because they look so much like us. That would stand true and flow more with what we know about angels. So when they're representing the Father, they often appear with glory, bringing, again, immediate fear to those who witness their appearing. When the angels appeared, most human beings, it says, do not be afraid. The angel will say it, do not be afraid. So they say that because clearly they're responding to the human response. Daniel falls to the ground, and it says as if he were dead. So did he pass out? I'm thinking maybe he did. That Daniel, when the archangel appeared before him, Michael, that he was just so overwhelmed by his presence, by his beauty, by his power, by the glory of God that was exuding from him that he just hit the ground. Amazing, isn't it? Angels also refuse to be worshipped. And once again, any time that Daniel or anyone fell to their knees and began to worship them, they said, stop it. Don't do that. I am not God. I am only an angel. Now, when we say only an angel, we use the word only in reference or in comparison to God. But when we think of angels in comparison to us, they have been created, as it says, a little higher, and we've been created a little lower than the angel. And that's language that we could debate certainly not in quality or in love that God has for us. In fact, some might say, and this is extra biblical, that angels are jealous of the status that we have with God. And so if we're created lower in any way, it would be that because of our status now that we can't float around, that we can't go and be translated, even though we know there have been some biblical characters who have been, like Philip. He's in one place and then he's in another. So he did have a supernatural translation that took place, which would be more angelic-like, if you're following my language here. So folks, there you go. When we talk about angels, we are not angels. Angels are separate, and they're awesome, and they're ministering spirits for you and me. So they're there to help us. They're in cooperation, complete cooperation, with the Father. They're not God. They're not people. They're angels. And they have an incredible purpose, an incredible part. And it says that a third of the angels fell and became demons. That means two-thirds of whatever the original number was are still actively serving the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to bring forth the purposes of God. They're still warring on behalf of the church, they're still engaged, appearing, disappearing in the lives of Christians all across the globe. And the best part is when we do pass from this life and we get our new body and are standing before the Father, we're going to see these angels. We're going to meet them. And guess what? They have names. And who knows what kind of connection we'll have with them to be able to talk to them for eternity. Who knows what kind of knowledge and wisdom they'll have because of how long they have existed. Amazing things to come, folks. And I am so grateful to be a part of that. And I know you are too. So 
If you do not know Jesus Christ, then you'll get to know angels, these fallen angels, <laughs> which nobody wants to know. Nobody would ever want to know them because of their purpose. But I will tell you this, that if you give your life to Jesus Christ, then you'll know and meet the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you'll meet these angels and all the other believers that have gone before us. And that, my friend, is some pretty exciting news. So if you have not given your life to Christ, you can do so right now. Just ask Christ to become your Savior. Confess your sins. Confess your separation for Him. And say, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. And all that you said and all that you did, I believe, yes and amen. And when I die, I will be with you forever. Because you died on the cross for my sins, and I am washed clean, and I am made right. I come into fellowship with God, his angels, and all of his people forever. Amen. Well, God bless you. You have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye.